Hello, and thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Minister John Richard, and this podcast is an account of this week's Bible study. I pray that it blesses and strengthens you in Jesus' name. If you are looking for more of the Word or are searching for the notes that were used in this week's lesson, please feel free to check the links in the description. Enjoy the Bible study and be blessed. Amen. I want to start off by giving honor to God and really just thanking him for this week because it seems like within the past couple of weeks for Bible study, he's just blessed me with inspiration or put something on my heart from, you know, some of the most unlikely cases we'd say in terms of how it may typically go. But I I just thank God that our God works in these mysterious ways. So once again, here I am just enjoying my day uh, playing video games with, with my brother Broderick and um, we're in the midst of it. And, the you know, another player, the actual person who's playing the game with us because it's an online game, he approaches us and says, hey, you know, you guys look like you really know what you're doing and like y'all would be fun to play with. So why don't you join me and, you know, my friends? And so we go and do it and they end up showing us and teaching us so much about the game that we didn't know. And I'm like, wow, you know, it's a lot that we didn't know, bro. And I'm kind of glad they're showing us this because we've been kind of stumped at this point to figure out where to go next. And then God just hits me. Well, what does that remind you of? So I, I took a look back and September 4th of last year, we talked about abiding in wisdom, meaning that if we want to do anything, if we want to grow, if we want to prevail, if we want things to come to pass and we need to live inside of God's wisdom, because that's the only true source of knowledge in this world. And then God took it a step further from me for me. We talked about and we discussed how to live inside of the wisdom. Now we're talking about today about wisdom's guidance, about how wisdom can guide us, how it can take us to the next level, how it can take us to the next stage of our lives, to the next, just anywhere for whatever we're doing, whether it be work, relationship, whatever you're dealing with, it's wisdom that's going to take you to the next place. So with that, instead of a a typical definition, we're going to work with something that A lot of us have probably heard about, but never heard the whole thing in its entirety. And that's the serenity prayer. We all know the first little part. But as I looked up the entirety of it, I'm like, wow, God, this really deals with the wisdom that you would instill inside of us. So I'm going to share the prayer with you guys now. Then we're going to go hop into the word and we're going to talk about how wisdom and how cool it is that God can just do all these wonderful things from a standpoint that we sometimes tend to overlook. So if you would turn your attention to the screen, I have the serenity prayer here and it says, God grant me the serenity or grant me the peace to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, 
taking, as he did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I will be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. Amen. We've talked about this before. We'll keep talking about it in the future and however long God allows us to keep on chugging along in life. And it's the simple fact that if we had the choice, we wouldn't choose to go through hardships. If we had the choice, we would choose to just take the obstacle, move it away. We would never want pain or strife or hardships or sadness or loneliness or anything that would make us feel bad. Key word being feel. We would try to alleviate ourselves from all of these deviations from our course. But seeing God's course for our life, as my mom was praying, his plans for our life being for good and not for evil, that they are for good, that the hardships, the trials, the tribulations we go through, they may look bad. But how many times have your eyes deceived you? But when you trust in God, you start to see that, oh, Lord, I may have lost someone that I love very dearly. But in doing so, not only were they yours as well, not only are they now free from this body of affliction and are now present with you where there are no more tears, where there is no more sorrow. Now that they're with you, now that I've gone through this and I've been able to give all these feelings and these raw emotions to you after I've taken the time to grieve and process. Now someone who may not know you, I can help them through it. And when they ask, how did you get through this? How, how are you so strong? How are you so powerful? Well, it's not me. It's all you, Jesus. And we don't get there without wisdom. We don't get there without taking the preordained pathway that God has prepared for us, the path that he walked out when he was in a body like yours and mine, the path that he's walking out right now as we continue this life and trust in him. So we go ahead and we hop into the word now, and we're going to start in Proverbs chapter eight, verses 22 through 36. The Bible says the Lord formed me from the beginning. Before he created anything else, I was appointed in ages past at the very first before the earth began. I was born before the oceans were created, before the springs bubbled forth their waters, before the mountains were formed, before the hills I was born, before he had made the earth and the fields and the first handfuls of soil. I was there when he established the heavens when he drew the horizon on the oceans. I was there when he set the clouds above, when he established springs deep in the earth. I was there when he set the limits of the seas so they would not spread beyond their boundaries. And when he marked off the earth's foundations, I was the architect at his side. I was his constant delight, rejoicing always in his presence. And how happy I was with the world he created how I rejoiced with the human family. And so my children listen to me for all who follow my ways are joyful. 
Listen to my instruction and be wise. Don't ignore it. Joyful are those who listen to me, watching for me daily at my gates, waiting for me outside my home. For whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. But those who miss me injure themselves. All who hate me love death. So we start off in Proverbs and we have one of those wonderful moments in the OT where Jesus himself is directly talking to us. It happens quite often, but this happens to be one of my favorite ones. We start off saying how it says that Jesus was always there with God in the role of wisdom, that it was through God, that it was through wisdom or through Jesus that God created everything, just as it says in John chapter one. And then we go on and in verse 24, there's a peculiar thing there. It says, I was born before. Well, we know that the Bible is written in such a manner to in such a manner to help us understand the inconceivable God in a comprehensible way. Well, I would like to challenge you to think about it. If it says I was born before and then we reference John chapter eight, verses 58, Jesus told them that before Abraham even was, I am. God is letting us know right here before the promise even came into being that before anything was, he was or that I am the I am that I am. God is saying right now as he's offering the opportunity to truly become wise, that if you really want to be smart, if you don't just want a bundle of knowledge, but you want wisdom, which is the culmination of knowledge and the application of how to use it properly, he's offering you a chance to do that because before there was anything, before there was a you, before there was a me, before there was an ancient Greek and ancient Rome, before there was a stone age, before there was anything, God was. And in the midst of God was his eternal and benevolent wisdom, which surpasses all things that we can even begin to understand. So with God's wisdom and his offer of wisdom, he's saying right now to you, to me and to anyone else who will listen, whether you've been on the journey a long time, a short time, or if you're going to start the journey soon, it's that true wisdom. As we know in the Bible, is the that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. But this true wisdom that he's offering us right now, the wisdom that will lead and guide you, that will teach you and train you, the wisdom that will say, I know I can do this, but just because I can doesn't mean I should. His wisdom, the one that he wants to bless you with above all else, is a free gift. It's always been here. And he's not trying to hide it from you. He wants you to have it. And above that, it's that the Bible says joyful or depending on your translation, it says happy. Or in my favorite one being the ESV, it says blessed is the one who listens to wisdom. That if you're watching for wisdom daily, if you're watching for Jesus daily, then guess what happens? You're blessed abundantly. God really loves us so much that not only did he save us, but now he's providing for us. And within this provision, he is showing us how to use the tools that he equips us with properly so that not only we can get the work done, 
but so that the multiplication can happen. So that as we talked about in last week's breakdown, the God math or God's favor in our lives, when just things happen so miraculously, it doesn't even make sense that when it begins to happen, when the God math takes over, when the favor that he has poured onto your life begins to just open up doors that you never thought imaginable. Well, guess what? His wisdom will lead and guide you through those doors so that when you get there, when you feel as if you shouldn't be there, when you feel as if you don't deserve it, when you feel as if I just I shouldn't even be here right now. God's favor will say, I know how you feel. But remember that the heart is desperately wicked above all else. But because I'm with you now. Because you don't have to be controlled by your feelings or your emotions because the old life is dead and now you're in the new life. And not only are you in the new life, but you're in the true life because you're a part of me. Let my wisdom show you how to operate here. Let my wisdom show you how to work here. Let my wisdom show you how to multiply what, what has been given unto you. Because just as the Bible says, if you're faithful over the few that you're given, then you'll be blessed with so much more. Because not only does God see how appreciative you are for the little things, but it also shows him how obedient you can be with just what you've got. As we have the term, we say that we just make do. Well, God wants you to make do with the little. So that when he blesses you with more, your track record has already proven that you can trust his wisdom, that you can trust him, period, to take you forward, to lead and to guide you throughout life. So that even though sometimes this thing may want to get in the way and you may make mistakes because we do, that it won't stop you from serving God because he's just done so much for you that you can't help but to please him, to serve him, and to be holy as he's holy. It doesn't mean mistakes don't happen. It just means that our new norm is to please him instead of pleasing this thing. It's not about how I feel, but it's about what I know God needs to be done. And because I love him dearly, because you love him dearly, we just need to be made available. So the wisdom that says, if I'm available, God can use me. And if God uses me, he gets the glory. And if he gets the glory, people get saved. Blessings happen. I get blessed. So much occurs, it's a domino effect. So as we go out through this lesson, remember, wisdom isn't just a guide, but it is also a provider, a blesser, a keeper, and a protector. Now we look forward in Proverbs chapter 1 verses 22 through 23 and Matthew chapter 11 verses 28 through 30. And the Bible says, how long, you simpletons, will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? Come and listen to my counsel. I'll share my heart with you and make you wise. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Now, one thing that I truly love about the Bible, and I love sharing this with you guys, is how applicable 
one scripture can be to so many different moving components. And Jesus has come to me offer. He's not only just offering you salvation. He's offering you wisdom. He's offering you peace. He's offering you a family, a place to call your own. And in this lesson, with that wisdom, God is telling you that if you would come to me with your issues, that if you would stop hating knowledge, if you would stop running from the truth, if you would stop believing the lie that, yeah, ignorance may be bliss, but where does being ignorant get you in life? If you would come to me, reject what you think you know, and accept what I want to give you, then not only will you receive wisdom, not only will you receive eternal life, but within the life that I'm giving, within the wisdom that I'm going to instill inside of you as you grow in our relationship, it's going to give you peace. As me and my grandmother were talking about it earlier today, and as we talked about in the lesson, circumstance is not equal to permanence. It's that things like happiness, things like a, a moment of calm, those things are circumstantial. They're events. They can occur, but they have an endpoint. But with God, his joy, his peace, his love, every other fruit of the spirit, all the characteristics of the fruit of the spirit that we are told about, those things are permanent. They're not events. They're something that we abide in, something that we live in. So if we abide in wisdom, like we talked about last year, and now we allow, now we allow wisdom to guide us, well, guess what happens? There's your domino effect. Lord, I trust you here, here, and here. But Father, because I haven't really been through this yet, I need you to help me in my unbelief in this area. Lord, I need you to, to just give me a little more strength so I can trust you more here because I haven't been through that. Or Lord, this has scarred me, so I'm afraid to deal with it. But because I've trusted you here and you've given me results, I can trust you here because wisdom, not my wisdom, not Plato's wisdom, not Dr. Oz's wisdom, not some scientist's wisdom, but your wisdom the I am that I am, the eternal, everlasting to everlasting, the wisdom that was there before there was anything. It's your wisdom that you've now blessed me with that says, if I would just stay here with you, if I would just follow you, if I would just deny me and pick up my cross to just walk the path that you've already made for me, I don't even have to make a path then I could get through this too. Then I could see blessings. Then the, then the sight would be given to the blind. The lame would be given the full operation of their appendages, that the dead could rise again, that everything that you said, all the greater works that could come to pass, they would come true if only I would allow the wisdom to guide me. And the best part is, and you know it's true, don't you sleep a little bit better knowing how something is going to turn out. Don't you feel a little bit better about a crazy string of events if you know the outcome? Well, we know the outcome to life. Jesus won. Wisdom says that if I go to his side, then I win too. And here's the best part. Because we know the outcome, because wisdom has shown us what all the dominoes lead to, and now we can take these different effects. We can take these different 
events and all these different things that may go on in life. If we would take the wisdom that God has given us, if we take the mirror, the sword, and we allow it to do its work, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but glory be to God. It's that when we take his wisdom and we work with it, not against it, but with it, when we run with the breeze instead of against the breeze, well, I may have said that wrong. When you run going with the breeze instead of toward the breeze, there we go. Thank you, Jesus. When you stop fighting and start working with it, well, then so many wonderful things happen. And before we move on, Jesus is asking straight up, how long will you hate knowledge? How long will you hate life and love death? I know you think that what you're doing may be living your best life. I know that you think that you may know something because you studied under X, Y, and Z and all these great men and women. But what does it all mean in the end? And again, I'm skipping, but the answer is nothing. Unless you know Jesus for yourself, unless you're following the wisdom of the ancient of days, then you don't really have anything. And I know it's harsh, but sometimes the truth hurts. But I'd rather you have the truth so that you can grow than to be ignorant and blissful and just be doomed. So now we take a look in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 31. And the Bible says the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. As the scriptures say, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. So where does this leave the philosophers, the scholars and the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom. He has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. It is foolish to the Jews who ask for signs from heaven, and it is foolish to the Greeks who seek human wisdom. So when we preach that Christ was crucified, the Jews are offended, and the Gentiles say it is all nonsense. But to those who called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. I'm going to stop right there real quick. And just to point out that the Bible is straight up telling us that Christ, John chapter one in the beginning was God, was the, the word was with God and the word was God. Here we go again. Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. We read in Proverbs 8, 22 through 36, that before anything was, there's wisdom. There is Jesus being just the wonderful Savior, the wonderful God that he is, our Lord, making everything, delighting in the presence of his perfect will and that determinate counsel, saying that because I'm love, I want to just make and I want to share what I have with, with my creation, not just his love, not just his life, not just his liberty, but his wisdom. Moving back to the Bible. So picking back up in chapter and verse 25, it says this foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans. And God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. 
Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. God has united you with Christ Jesus for our benefit. God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he made us and he freed us from sin. Therefore, as the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. Now, how amazing is our God that not only did he know beforehand that we would mess up, but decided that out of love, he wouldn't just condemn us. He wouldn't just erase us. He wouldn't just hit the delete button, but that he would save us, that he would prepare a way to get us straight. And that within that way, not only will we be given forgiveness, but that we would be added into the family again, because we, we lost that. We sold ourselves out. We annulled the, the relationship of parent and child, but God fixed it and he made a new relationship. And in doing so, we have a new life, a true family, a parent that will never leave us or forsake us, never abandon us as orphan, an orphan. One that constantly feeds, clothes, protects, teaches, trains, and fills us with wisdom. One that no matter how many times we mess up, they still look at us with the same loving eyes that say, I know you messed up here, but because I know your heart, I know you didn't mean to. So what I'm going to do because of the throne of grace and mercy that I, I got my nail scarred wounds for just for you because of the blood that I shed from all over just for you, because of them piercing me in the side so that water and blood could flow for the remission and the forgiveness of sins. Because of all of that, I'm going to bless you with true wisdom, the wisdom to say this world is truly crazy, that if I want to really get myself together, I can't do it with some self-help book from Barnes and Nobles. I can't do it from the religious teachings of, of some monk or some dragon statue or some sculpture or some folktale, but that I need to have a relationship, not statutes, not decrees, but a relationship with the one true wise God. And in that wisdom, you're blessed, you're set free, you're in the sanctification process of continually leveling up continually improving, whether it's one step a day, a billion steps a day, or however God has chosen your growth plan to look. The point is, is that through God, you're going to grow. And it's all because of the wisdom that he's instilling inside of each and every one of us as we move on. And as I said earlier, wisdom being the collection of knowledge that you've garnered in life, that you've garnered from studying the word, from seeing your brothers and sisters in Christ walk it out, and then having the, the know-how to make it applicable for yourself. Wisdom is the application of knowledge, 
Otherwise, you just have a bunch of random facts that you can do nothing with. But glory be to God, because he's not only the one that saves you, he's not only the one that sets you free, but he's the one that shows you how to walk the walk. He's the one that talks the talk through you. He's the one that walks it out for you and with you. He's the one that blesses, the one that keeps, the one that protects, the one that is serving in you, through you, for you, for him. He's just amazing. And we could be here all night just talking about that. But the point of the lesson is to show you that with God and with God only, whose name is Jesus, not Allah, not Buddha, not Vishnu, not whoever else you want to pull up, but Jesus, the consubstantial essence of who God is in human form, 100% us, but 100% all God all the way because of him because of his sacrifice, because of the pathway he's laid out, and because of the continual teaching and applications that he gives us through our brothers and sisters, and just audibly and visibly, personally himself. We can take the wisdom, we can expand the family, we can get people saved, set free, delivered, and we can actually work toward the 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 goodness that god has instilled for us and that's to be with him it's not to fix the world but it's to be with him we fix the world by getting people saved because the more saved people the more prayer and we already know how that goes the more prayer we have the more power so we take the wisdom and we work with it we live in it we work with it and we just we let god be god so then we take a look at Proverbs chapter 13, verses 13 through 18, and then Colossians chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. And the Bible says, people who despise advice are asking for trouble. Those who respect a command will succeed. The instructions of the wise is like a life-giving fountain. Those who accept it avoid the snares of death. A person with good sense is respected. A treacherous person is headed for destruction. Wise people think before they act. Fools don't. And even brag about their foolishness. An unreliable messenger stumbles into trouble, but a reliable messenger brings healing. If you ignore criticism, you will end in poverty and disgrace. If you accept correction, you will be honored. And in Colossians chapter three says, let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Now, as God was blessing me to put this lesson together today, it was this part right here that started really just sticking out to me. We see that in the Bible, a fool is referred to as someone who just doesn't want to hear it. They don't want to improve. And we know in in life from a non-biblical standpoint that foolishness is just the result of people not wanting to to be told that they're wrong. Well, God is letting us know that it's a step further from just the obvious. 
that if you reject wise counsel, if you reject being reproved, if you reject the notion that you can get better and that you shouldn't be stuck in your ways, well, then you're just asking for calamity. You're asking to just wind up in hell one day when you don't have to, because God is freely given out life to anyone who will listen. The book of Proverbs depicts that wisdom is crying out in the street to anyone who will listen, warning everyone who passes by that they don't have to walk into impending doom, but that if they would just hearken unto her and wisdom is in the role of of the female to show us God's unfailing love. That's why he gave us mothers and mothers. They passed recently, but he, he gave us them to show us how much love can just truly be given to somebody because if everyone else gives up on you, mama will always be there. And to the good Christian godly mothers, they are praying day and night in in your behalf, making sure that not only are you blessed and taken care of, but that God is working something out for you. I can attest to that because I wouldn't be here today if my mom, my grandmother, my aunts and all the other wonderful women that God has blessed me to have in my life that are like mothers to me weren't praying for me. I wouldn't be here today. So I thank God for the wisdom that literally cries out in the night saying, God, I know what I've been through. So protect my baby from having to go through that. I am truly in awe that we have a God that literally walked a mile in our shoes, walked it all out so that now that he's our great high priest, wisdom from both a Godhood perspective and the perspective of having done it himself says, Father, I know exactly what they are dealing with. And because they belong to us, they don't have to go through it. Or if there is something that they're going through that God, they don't have to bear it alone. Because when I made the offer to come to me, I wasn't just speaking. I was actually saying, give me your problems. Give me the pain. Give me the heartache. Give it to me. You don't have to do what the world says and bottle it up and throw it at the bottom of the ocean. But instead, open that box wide open. Shine the light inside so I can clean it out. And that I can replace its contents with something that we'll both love. And that's more of me and less of the world. More of my word, more of my love, my peace, my joy, my wisdom, my serenity. And less of the pain, the suffering, the the heartbreak, the trials and tribulations. Yeah, you'll go through things. Yeah, people will talk about you. But because I'm with you, because wisdom is here. If you need to retort, I'll say it for you. If you need doors opened, I'll open them for you. All I need you to do is to take my wisdom and the knowledge I'm blessing you with and be wise enough to say I'm available to be used. And in doing so, what happens? Well, try it yourself. You tell me. And so we look back before I go to our last scripture and we see that it always talks about Jews or Gentile. Well, in order to make it more relatable for us, always think of it when we're reading that the Jew references the person who thinks religion or laws and decrees and statutes will get them right with God. And it certainly can't. It won't. It never will. 
Because if we could make ourselves right with God, then Jesus wouldn't have needed to come on our behalf. And then the Gentile, just think of them as those who think that uh, some book can get them right. That if I uh, practice these different meditations, if I practice this way of life, then I can improve myself. Well, if you're new to Christ, if you've been with Jesus for a while, you know that trying it your way doesn't work. But God's way, the wise way, the path of wisdom, it works 3,000% of the time. It never lets you down. And so we finish off in James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8, and then we skip down to verses 19 through 27. And again, this is one of those scriptures that just hits home on all the points because it ties together everything. And I love when God does that. So, verse 5 says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. Now, I highlighted if you need. So, if you need some peace, ask our God. If you need some more love, ask our God. If you need resources, ask our God. Whatever you need, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, not just for wisdom, but for anything, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Don't even get your hopes up. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable and everything they do. And then jumping down to verse 19, it says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if, and we're going to break that down, you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free. And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion or pure and undefiled, as the King James says, in the sight of God, the father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. And there's a lot here. But I want to break down a few important things. We've already talked about if and what if means in the Bible. If is like a, a crossroads. I can do what God wants. I can follow the path of wisdom and be blessed for it. Or I can follow what this wants. I can do what makes me feel good. And then I can just, uh, you know, add more heaping piles of death to my plate, especially if you're not saved. And if you are saved, why add more problems? When life itself is full of them. 
And then we have that word then, one that we haven't really just explained, but I'm pretty sure from context clues you get it. But let me explain. When we have an if in the Bible, we're presented with our crossroads. Now, the beautiful thing about the crossroad is, is that because of wisdom, because of our portion of the Holy Spirit, we are inclined to go God's way. And when we do go God's way, when we consider God first and foremost in all that we do, when we encourage ourselves by reminding us of what his word says and being reminded by him that he's not only a keeper of his word, but he's a performer as well. Well, then, then the possibilities of that branch of the if is opened up. If we would just look carefully into the perfect law that sets us free and do what it says and not forget what we heard, then God opens up the door that we've been praying for for X amount of time. Then God removes those toxic people out of your life that you don't need to have around anymore because you've done all that you could to witness to them. But now since they've rejected not you, but him, it's time to move on. That Though you may have been struggling in your marriage, guess what? Things are about to turn around. Though you may have been down and out without finances because you kept trusting God, you kept trying him by his word, and you kept making it applicable by walking it out. Then God opens up the doorway because you said, I trust you, I trust your love, and I trust your wisdom that has been there from before there was anything. Before you laid the foundations of the world, there Jesus' body was, the lamb slain eternal from my transgressions and from my iniquities. So now if I just trust your wisdom, if I trust your love, if I trust you to be the good parent that you've always been, the amazing teacher and the spectacular king, the Lord of my heart and my life, well, then you would just do such miraculous things. And as we've talked about before, if you want religion, well, then actually, yes, try God. Not Buddha, not Vishnu, not Allah, but try Jesus, because true religion, as the Bible says, undefiled in its purest form is the act of love. And like we've talked about before, you don't have love if you don't have God. And if you don't have God, well, you don't have anything. But when you have God, you have love. And when you have love, you have the ability, you have the tool set now to do every good work that he equips us for because now your heart has been broken and now you are open to receive correction, to receive reproof, and to receive guidance. So I encourage you today, if you've been like me in life before and you're hard-headed, you want to believe what you believe because you just know for a fact that you're right, get that out your head. But trust God, Admit that you know nothing like I had to do one day. It hurt, but it was the best decision I ever made. And admit that now to God, to yourself, because you can't fool him. You could try to fool other people, but you can't fool him. So admit it today. Accept the fact that it's okay to not know anything, but that you have a whole world of possibilities open to you now because you just gave the truth himself your truth. And now in turn, he wants to bless you until it just doesn't make sense anymore. Heavenly Father, we come before you in prayer saying thank you, Lord. We thank you so much that not only are we blessed to live in your wisdom, but we're blessed to have it guide us throughout this life. 
that when things get tough, when trials and tribulations just keep coming one after another, when life just doesn't make sense anymore, that your wonderful favor, that your God mouth that defies human logic, that defies understanding by mere mortals, it steps in and says, because you are my baby, because you trust me, because you trust my love for you. I'm going to open up doors. I'm going to bless you abundantly above all that you can ask or think, not because you deserve it, but simply because you belong to me and I belong to you. Father, I thank you for this relationship that you've given us, not another set of decrees to show us how messed up we are and how much we need saving, but a relationship that says, I know you did wrong, but I love you. I don't care about that. I want to see you improve. So Father, for those who don't know you, I pray that you would bless them in some peculiar way to get to know you for themselves. And that for those of us who are already on the walk, who are already on this journey throughout life with you, Lord. I pray that you would allow us to see you from an even brighter and higher perspective, God. Not that we can get there, but that you can take us there. That, Lord, your wisdom, which is the most priceless thing in this world, as the Bible says, which is priced far above all the silver and the rubies, the gold, the diamonds, whatever we uh, uh, just price value to, that, Lord, it's worth more than all of that put together. I ask that your wisdom would be made more abundant in our lives so that we could walk out all the word even better, Lord, so that when people see us, they'd see less of us and more of you. And not because we did anything, but because, Lord, it's you doing it all, because we had the courage enough to say I'm available to you, because we were wise enough through your guidance of wisdom to trust your love just that much more. So, Father, bless all those who are in need today and that all those under the sound of your voice through me, your mic, who are listening to this would just receive something so miraculous they can't help but praise your name because it is unto you and you alone who deserve all the praise, all the honor and all the glory. And God, I ask extra specially that for those who don't know you, that they would be spared to get to know you, Father, because the more family members we have, the better off this world will be. And the better off this world will be, God, just that would really bless people to see that they don't have to live in the darkness, but that the light that was promised is here, is alive and is working today and will continue to work until you bring it all to pass. So, Lord, we love you and we thank you in advance for all that you're going to do. And we certainly thank you for all that you've done. It's these things we thank you for. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey family, I pray the lesson has blessed you in some way, shape, form, or fashion today. Each week, we hold Bible study on Zoom, and it would be wonderful to share this experience with you. If something was said that resonated with you and you aren't a part of the family, I would like to open the invitation to join. I pray that the Lord blesses you in all of your endeavors and that you chase after the prize, which is Jesus. See you next week, God willing, and be blessed.